Today's episode of No Dunks is brought to you by Remarkably Remote, a new daily microcast from GoToMeeting, all about making work from home work for you. With indispensable intel on how to stay sane, motivated, and productive at home, we are here to help you in this brave new remote working world. Add to your flash briefing on Alexa or subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. Sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Tuesday, May 19th. I'm Jay Skeets, and joining us here on the phone, we got Tass Millis. Hey, everybody. Hey, Tassie. We got the bearded one, Trey Kirby. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. The international man of mystery, taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friends. Mm. Last but not least, making the magic happen, it's JD. Hello. There he is, and here we are. Before we get started, we got some big, big news to share. No Dunks has won the People's Voice Webby Award for Best Sports Podcast. JD, hit the music, baby! Scott Carefoot handshakes all around, gentlemen. (laughs) Thank you, honestly, thank you to everybody out there listening to this podcast that went and voted for us. That's what this is. This is the people's choice, the people's voice. We are the people's champion when it comes to the best sports podcast, and that's all because of you. You know, we really did nothing. We just asked you to go and vote for us, <laughs> and you did it all. And we beat the, you know, we beat the big dogs, ESPN and CJ McCollum, a few other great sports podcasts, and we got it. Finally, 15 years in the making, we did it. We can retire now. It's over. (laughs) Yeah, if you're going to give us a championship, the best time to do it is when the Bulls just won one because now we can act like we're Michael Jordan and just berate every other (laughs) podcaster from here on out. It's going to be tremendous. That's right. That's right. Uh, I hope that doesn't make JD Jerry Krause here. <laughs> we won't be saying anything, taking shots. But thank you uh, so much again. We there's some talks going around in the Slack that we may do something fun on Instagram, sort of like a championship parade for our Webby Award. So stay tuned and make sure you follow us at No Dunks Inc on Twitter and Instagram. All right, we have a very fun episode I think lined up here today. We're gonna debate some topics. And throw some thumbs around. That's right. We're going to ask you to do the same on Twitter, at NoDunkSync. Guys, it's time for the up-down report. People with flexible thumb are socially active and adaptable and are always open to new thoughts and ideas. Reveal your thumbs. It's the up-down report. Oh, man. It's been so long. So let's jump right into our first one here. Up or down, gentlemen, on Wilson. Replacing Spalding as NBA's official basketball. Honestly, I'm totally conflicted on this. Uh, oh. I'm 100% up on Wilson basketballs. I've been playing with the Wilson basketball, I feel like, as long as I've been playing basketball. It was definitely our high school basketball. But on the mm-hmm. other hand, Spalding has been the official basketball of the NBA since I've known about the NBA, balling like Spalding is a go-to rap line. There are so many of these that are going to have to change throughout the years. Kendrick Lamar's used it. Young Thug, Post Malone, Chief Keef, Robin Thicke, Tassie, Will Yachty, Takeoff, Kanye, MF Doom. Basically, if you've ever said balling, you've said Spalding at some point after <laughs> it. How are we going to do this with Wilson? 
That's why I think I ultimately have to go down because um, I just can't find any rhymes for it. It's going to be tough. <laughs> yeah, it's. Um, I'm conflicted too because it sort of feels like Spalding is just like connected with the NBA and, and it's weird to sort of change even though Wilson was the original ball supplier. So the good thing is about this though is that the material is going to be the same and the way the actual ball is built is going to be the same. So it's really only the name that's changing from Spalding to Wilson. So yeah. I'm okay with it. I, you know, I don't love it, to be honest. I don't love it. But, you know, it's like, okay, I mean, I'm just going to trust that the NBA's got this right and we won't notice a big difference like when they brought out that crazy ball, I don't know, 12 years or 13 years ago. It was like ago 15 that, years ago. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that ball. synthetic ball that, that yeah. didn't last. Didn't even make it to Christmas, I don't think, or, or maybe it was a new year. Anyway, in this case, it's basically the same ball, just with a different name. So um, I, I, I guess I'm up on it. I guess I'm up, but I don't want to say goodbye to Spalding forever. They've been a very, very good product for us for the last 37 years or whatever it is. Taz? I think it's time for some new rhymes, so I'm up on it. I think, I think we've maximized the rhymes. Uh, Russell Westbrook said his only friend on the court was Spalding. Well, it's time to expand his entourage. Now he's got a new friend. It's Wilson. Maybe, um, maybe we, maybe there's a line in here for uh, for Wilson. Serge Ibaka dated Carrie Hilson, and the NBA changed their ball from Spalding to Wilson. We gotta move on. We gotta oh move on. That's pretty impressive. If you came up with that right on the spot, actually, uh, I'm down on this. I'm big time down on this. Uh, you guys said it. Spalding's been the official ball since 1983. It's a long damn time. I'm happy it's going to be the same, like Lee said. But when I think Wilson, uh, yes, they make basketballs, like you said, Trey. You've played with them in high school. Some people still play with them, like outdoors and stuff like that. But I think Wilson, I think I think volleyball, and no doubt because of uh, Castaway. And I think um, I think uh, tennis. I don't know. Tennis comes to mind with Wilson. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. Ooh, I've always been a pen man when it comes oh. to tennis. <laughs> oh, okay. See, I'm a Wilson man with my tennis balls. Um, so, I, yeah, I'm going to miss the Spalding, but I'm sure I'll care for one game. I'll be like, oh, it says Wilson on it. And then I'm, I, you know, I'll move on. JD, you have an opinion on this? Thumbs up, thumbs down. I'm, I'm up because uh, what if it's good? What if it's better? Is that mm. possible? I, well, I guess it could be. What it if, could look cooler, I guess. And what if they have some sort of new technology that we don't know about? That they're that they're they're, they're filling the ball with something other than oxygen or, or something. I don't know. Like it could be better. Oh, fill, yeah. What do you yeah. think they should fill it with? Water? Maybe like just to really mix things up. Uh, they, maybe they'll yeah. Maybe they'll put like a volleyball and then within the volleyball a tennis ball within the basketball. It's like gonna move very weird. Yeah, okay, so you're up on this. I mean, related to this, Trey, specifically to you, we had a video that we posted not too long ago of you going through the step-by-step process of how to wash a basketball with, uh, obviously, the COVID-19 and and the the health uh, precautions that teams will be taking if basketball ever starts back up. Uh, You know, you were using a Spalding, right? Uh, Am I correct? Yeah, that's exactly right. I uh, was using a Spalding. We put out the video, and I don't know, four minutes earlier, the NBA said, we're not using Spalding anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Wash it completely off. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, maybe that's part of the reason they switched. You know, there's fewer letters on a Wilson, fewer places for Ooh. germs to get lost in those deep crevasses. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yes, if you haven't watched that, go check that out. Trey and his... Uh, in the No Dunks test kitchen, showing you how to properly watch a basketball. Honestly, a lot of work that's got to go into that. That didn't seem like, I mean, we edited it down, and it still seems quite lengthy of a process, Trey. 
Yeah, I think maybe if you are able to acquire a bleach spray over a bleach wipe, you're going to be able to get things done faster because you're just hitting it with that fine mist. Ah, uh, good point. And then you're good, good point. to go. Good point. Okay, so uh, again, with all of these, we want to see you on Twitter at NoDunkSync, the thumbs up or the thumbs down. Next one. Former Sun star Sean Marion became a first-time nominee for the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame this past year. Despite failing to earn induction for the 2020 class, the Matrix is almost certain his day will come. Quote, I think the legacy I left for the game is there, Marion told the Athletics' Michael Lee. But who is to decide? Who is making the decisions? What do they base it off of? If you look at all the numbers, to me, I should be a shoo-in. That's what Sean Marion said. Well... We've asked it before. Let's ask it again. <laughs> up or down on Sean Marion making the Hall of Fame? Is he a Hall of Famer? Thumbs up, thumbs down. I'm up. You guys know I'm a Sean Marion man, and he asked some good questions there. What the heck is the criteria? Fair question. That's spanned the eternity of the Basketball Hall of Fame. Look, <laughs> he doesn't look like a typical scorer, but get past that for a second. You can see he does everything else, including score a bunch, and he does things at an elite level. He rebounded like a madman. He defended everybody on the opposing side, usually the best perimeter player. And he didn't get the credit for that because he played most of his career on the run-and-gun Suns that didn't get any credit for defense because they didn't play a lot of it. He did a great job on LeBron in the 2011 Finals when he was arguably the third-best player on a championship Mavs team. Scored close to 18,000 points. Not bad for a guy who didn't score. 10,000 boards, lots of defensive stats. 1,500 yep. steals, 1,000 blocks, and 500 threes. He did it all, and nobody, I know those are sort of cherry-picked stats there, but nobody in the history of NBA has attained those accumulative stats. Nobody. Mm. Wow. And uh, voters, they don't know how to appreciate him because he was on those Suns team. He didn't get all-defense votes at all. He didn't make an all-defensive team, and I think the reason is he just played on the Suns. So he was just... He was, he was just not allowed to win that award. So his <laughs> his awards are four All-Stars, two All-NBAs, and that's it. And, and you know, his, his career kind of depended on athleticism, and it kind of subsided at the end there. Um, but he got that championship, and he had five seasons where he averaged between 19 and 22 points. Wasn't a typical bucket getter, and that's why many, including our man Ewan Curry of the Sheepdogs, he looks at Sean Marion, <laughs> he said, Sean Marion in the Hall of Fame? No thanks. I get it. Doesn't look like it, but he's not everyone's cup of tea, but everyone would love to have them on their team, have Sean as their, you know, their, not their leading scorer. It didn't work in Toronto. Second score, probably not. But third guy, I, I think, you know, that's sort of the my benchmark for the Hall of Fame. you got to be a top three player on a championship team, and I think Sean Marion fits that bill. Yeah, I've got him in the Hall of Fame too. I think he's uh, worthy for sure. Um, not the prettiest game and never really had plays run for him, but still managed to get out, go out there and get buckets because he understood how to score and he had how to put himself in the right position to get a lot of tip-ins and alley-oops and put-backs. And, uh, you know, again, he did expand his range to knock down that three. So underappreciated offensively and, and incredibly underappreciated defensively. You know, Tass mentioned they're not making the all-defensive teams. That's, that's just crazy. shocking to me. Yeah, yeah that's shocking. Is... Shocking to me. Um, but again, yeah, one yeah, of those players... Crazy, but... But also, if you look at the people who are making all defensive teams while Sean Marion was at his peak, it's some of the greatest big man defenders of all time. So, yeah, he he was in a tough spot because not only did he have to uh, compete with those guys for awards, he also had to try and guard, you know, your Kevin Garnett's and Dirk Nowitzki's guys that had a whole bunch of size on Sean Marion. To me, he is the Matrix through and through because he was so ahead of his time. 
but now that everybody kind of does what Sean Marion was doing back in the day, it feels a little less special. If we've done this uh, hmm. debate six times, I think I've put him in five, uh, put him in the Hall of Fame five times, but the farther and farther out we get, I read this article, I'm like, what is Sean Marion's legacy? That he was the first small ball guy on a team that didn't even make it to the finals, the third best guy on a guy team that didn't make it to the finals, he's not the most famous player on his team. I think he should be in the Hall of Fame because I'm a basketball nerd, but I also do think you can tell the story of the NBA without Sean Marion. Right, right, right. Yeah, you wonder if these type of comments help or hurt his chances, like him talking to Michael Lee and talking about his legacy and how he really should be in there and he's underrated. I can't decide. It's like on one hand, it's like, uh, I don't know, man. Like, you're not that amazing, so you're maybe building yourself up a little too much. But then on the other hand, you're like, hey, you got to do this. This is smart. Like, keep reminding these people that are ultimately voting on who goes in that you were important. Like, just just keep saying it, and you might convince some of these people that will be the decision maker. So I'm a little torn there. I think he will. I do think he'll ultimately get in. Um, I don't think it's going to be quick by any means. Like, Lee, let me ask you this. If you could only pick one, okay? you got to pick one. Mm-hmm. Tim Hardaway or Sean Marion? Who gets your vote to go into the Hall of Fame? Well, Tim Hardaway for me. Um, okay. I, I don't. I don't have all his accolades up here right now, but I'm, I know he was an old NBA player a few times. Um, yeah. And uh, all star as well. And you know, on those Heat teams, he was incredibly important to what they did. So, um, I mean, defensively, I think Sean Marion has him there. But I think offensively and, and the role that Tim Hardaway played, I'm leaning towards Tim Hardaway on that. In that case, um, it's a good argument. You know, different players, different. You know, sort of apples to oranges in some regard. But if you had to make a case for one of them, I would say I'd take Tim Hardaway. I think he was more important to his teams throughout his career than Sean Marion was to his teams uh, for the majority of his career. But um, both both worthy, both deserving, and uh, maybe neither of them will get in. Yeah, I mean, you do wonder if we're even having these conversations, these arguments about Sean Marion's Hall of Fame chances, if he doesn't win the ring with the Mavs, mm. like Tass was pointing out, and how important he was, and he was. He was a really, really good player on that team. I mean, if he doesn't have one ring, I don't know. I don't... Yeah, I'm sure you know. There's some of the basketball nerds out there would still be making the case, but I, I ugh, you, it would be tough. It'd be a lot more difficult. But you got that ring that sure helps. Uh, you know, the resume uh, builds up the resume a little bit. So uh, we'll see. It sounds like we're all up. JD, you have an opinion on on the Matrix? No opinion whatsoever. <laughs> okay. okay. Did you like the Matrix, the movie? I loved. I loved the original, the 1999 uh, Keanu Reeves. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Loved Sean it. Sean Marion was the original. Everybody's trying to be the Matrix <laughs> Two, Matrix Three. It just goes downhill from there. Does versatility make a Hall of Fame player? That's a debate you can have with your buddies. All right, we're all up. We all want him in. Let's hear from you guys. Next one. I will try my best to explain this next one. Um, Brooklyn Nets point guard Spencer Dinwiddie is offering fans a chance to decide his next team. There is a twist to this. Now, Dinwiddie has started a GoFundMe page with the hopes to hit a Bitcoin target, which would equal about $24.6 million. So if fans hit this this goal on his GoFundMe page, Dinwiddie says he will play on a one-year contract for a team on a minimum salary. Um, And I think if they don't hit the goal, then all proceeds will go to charity, I believe. Look, I'm still confused. I've read this three or four times now. I'll ask it like this. Are you up or down, Trey, on whatever the hell Dinwiddie is doing here? 
<laughs> oh, I'm up on it big time. This guy loves Bitcoin. <laughs> I don't totally understand what he's doing either. Um, he's still under contract with the Nets, but he's already scheming his way to his next team. I like to see that. Is this, uh, is this tampering in the blockchain market? I don't know. I'm just happy that we have an NBA nerd. Uh, he's Spencer Dinwiddie's got to be the best NBA nerd we've had since Chris Bosh and coming up with a GoFundMe to buy Bitcoin is such a quarantine week eight idea. <laughs> I, you can't be anything else than up on it. I mean, I guess you could be down if you're actually trying to figure out what's happening. But for me, just the general concept of coming up with this is something that would happen if you're stuck at home by yourself for eight weeks. So I'm up. Yeah, I'm totally up on the timing of this as well. Everybody in the NBA front offices are worried about something quite larger than Spencer Dinwiddie's contract situation. So this is a nice time to sort of slip it under the rug. <laughs> you know, it's it's a real Trump move. It's a real, hey, look at Michael Flynn over here <laughs> while people are dying in the U.S. Uh, and this kid, this is a uh, sneaky. I, I've read this six 100,000 times. Yeah. And I'd like to get to the bottom of it, but also if I was in the front office, I would take the position of this is too complicated. Just let him do whatever he wants. Oh man. See, this worries me. This is why I'm down. If Money Mellis can't really figure this out, then I have no chance of figuring this out. I'm down. Dinwiddie is the uh he is the NBA geek. I appreciate that. He's the uh, cryptocurrency king. That's his new nickname to me, but uh I don't know what I'm still confused by the whole damn thing, so I'm down. Lee? <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm up because why the hell not? Let's just see what he's got there. And if it works, then great. <laughs> There's going to be new language written into the next CBA, that's for sure, oh. because he's he is pushing the boundaries for sure, Spencer. But, you know, when he talks about I'll sign with the team of the fans' choice, like, well, the other team still has to agree to that. Though, don't they? I mean, you can't just say, "All right, I'm just." Well, I think you would take Dinwiddie on a minimum, man. Yeah, no, it's on a minimum, but it's still like, you know, like the other team has to want him, though. You know, (laughs) so can can someone like? Okay, (laughs) oh my god, I don't want this to become a um, a Deshaun Stevenson uh, ATM in his house moment here, but like. If he hit this target, right, and he's not going to, and hell, this might just be a joke for all we know. But if he did, what? How would the fans decide which team he would pick? Would he just put up a poll, like of all thirty teams, and democracy wins? Like what? That's what I think. Where I get that's a little what confused. I got from the article. Yeah, it was literally a poll. Yeah, that's going to be a so, problem. On Twitter, you can only add four teams. So. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. Thank the other you. 26 teams. Or so, who knows? I mean, if we're in here for another eight weeks, I guess he could host a, you know, eight-week-long tournament on his Twitter poll, oh, figuring out which team he's going to choose. Okay, okay. Well, I like that more. Um, and yeah, we can start voting on it or uh, betting on it and stuff like that. Okay. Who, um... JD, do you have any Bitcoin? You got any no, of that? No, no Bitcoin over here. I barely oh. have just regular coins as it is. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no Bitcoins. For Wait, what do you uh, What do you think of this? Uh, I'm down on it. Uh, we already, as uh, NBA fans, <laughs> I say we, you guys already uh, pay their salaries uh, with your eyeballs and with your your tickets that you buy. <laughs> yep. Not you, Lee. Um, <laughs> so, that's why I'm up on it. Spencer's so, figured out. Spencer's figured out another workaround. That's why I'm into it. I'm like, okay, that's good work. Okay, we might get some more free tickets out of it. But I feel like uh, I feel like he's nickel and diming the the NBA fans. Uh, they shouldn't be paying his salary. Is what I'm saying. They shouldn't be. I like that it's going to charity if he doesn't reach his goal. But you know, come on. Okay. Next one. Um, as you guys know, I recently 
bought a new house. Uh, Nora and I are loving it, um, despite not having all our furniture in it yet. That's a, that's a long story for a different podcast. But we got a new house, which means we have a new shower. And I've been dying to ask this to you guys since I moved in, because I am torn. So I, I'm, I'm excited to see whether you're up or down. Are you guys up or down on rainfall shower heads? Tass. I'll start us off here, and I got to start us off by saying it depends on the situation. I'm down if I'm trying to get clean. Okay. If I'm trying to get clean, <laughs> give me a real shower head that's thrusting water into my face. <laughs> However, I am up if I'm looking to stay dirty, and it's the type of situation <laughs> where it's an outdoor shower head. I'm up at a cabin. I'm up at a oh. cottage. It's fantastic to be outdoors. I'm... I've had a, a, a yep. fantastic rainfall shower head when I took one of my best trips in Central America. It was outdoor. It was sort of part of uh, the uh, the dwelling we were living in. It was like a hut house situation. It was outdoors. I'm not planning to get real clean on this trip at all. So <laughs> it's enjoyable looking at the outdoors. I, I think the rainfall shower head really has to be outdoors because if it's inside, you know, in this in this society we live in, I'm never relaxed. I'm never chilled out. And I'm not going to be chilled out in this rainfall shower head. It's like, I got to be on a trip or I got to be at a cabin, really. Otherwise, I'm just going to be dirty. I mean, it doesn't get you clean. Mm. Yeah, I'm actually, I'm with Tass on this one. I need more pressure at my house. I, I want I want to get blasted by my shower head. But I am up on, if you know, if you go on a trip like Tass is saying, or if you visit a hotel, getting that rainfall shower head, it feels like a luxury. I don't really think it feels like rain, uh, personally. Uh, a little bit of misleading advertising there, but it is a nice little dripply drop. <laughs> Lee? Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm pretty much going to echo what the other guys are saying. At home, I haven't got time for a big rainfall shower head because when I get in that shower in, on, a, on a trip in a hotel, I'm in there for a lot longer than I would be at home. So I like to enjoy it a little bit more. And I like you get more coverage with a rainfall shower head. But at home, I'm in, I'm out. I don't want to be teased every morning by what I could be experiencing. So when I'm on the road, I just like to enjoy it a little more. So up on the road, down at home. Yeah, this is the thing. Uh, you guys are making some great points. I hadn't even thought about the outdoor rainfall shower head. Totally up on that, but I'm up on any outdoor shower in general. Um, it's just a great experience. But I feel guilty, oddly, when I have a rainfall shower in my house because it does feel like I'm using too much water. And I have no idea if that's true or not. Am I, I assume I am using more water with a rainfall shower head. It's a bigger shower head than my normal one. Uh, and I just like, it's great. I don't mind it once in a while. Um, but I feel bad, JD. I, I feel like I'm using too much water. Yeah. Well, you're, you're still using less water than if you were taking a bath. So you can Ooh, think of that's it good. that way. Like you do every day. <laughs> then I have a shower. No, I'm kidding. I, uh, <laughs> I have a, uh, I enjoy a, a, a shower. Yes. Uh, not as much as a bath, but, uh, I think you're fine with your water consumption if you're if you're limiting it to I don't know five minutes or something. What out of ten minutes? How yeah, long? Five, how long are you showering sure. for? I don't know. Um, yeah, but I'm I'm down in general with the rainfall because I I need to get my undercarriage. You know what I'm saying? Like I need <laughs> I, and oh, I yeah. can't stand on my head. If there's like a, a if there's a shower if there's like a hand nozzle that I could sort of you know stick under there, then I'm good. I'm pretty. Uh, pardon the pun, anal about my soaping of my areas. So, um, yeah, I, I would need a hand nozzle or something. Right. But I do enjoy standing under a rainfall. I mean, who doesn't? I mean, it's great. It's right. very relaxing. 
Yeah, why don't we have what if we've got these type of shower heads? Why don't we do what they have at like a kids' water park in the city? Mm. Have them blasting up from the bottom, <laughs> so, right? Uh, like a shower bidet. Yeah, like a super shower bidet, uh, just to be blasted from all areas. I would honestly at once. love that. I would yeah. love that. Yeah. It's like it's like those now those beer taps that have those magnets underneath. They get filled from the bottom. Yeah, just turn yeah. that thing upside down. Skeets, uh, why don't you start a GoFundMe for some regular shower heads in your? Uh... Well, uh, no. They, see, this is the thing, Tess. I do have it, this. This uh, the new shower in the master ba- uh, bedroom or bathroom has the. It's got your normal shower head, and then you got this rainfall. It's up to you. Now, here's the thing: you can get crazy. You can turn both on. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then wow, you can be you can shower in about thirty seconds when you got on that much water <laughs> dropping on you. Um, but whew, I just feel bad. I feel even worse when I got that much water coming out. Yeah, I uh, I have thought about this though too, and I'm sure they exist. And maybe you guys can clarify. Uh, we you know you know be the ultimate luxury in a shower is the ability to when I step into it that shower head like goes to my setting, like my height where I want it. Because I've, I've found already here in the new one, there's a lot of back and forth between Nora and I. She's shorter, she wants it in a different location, and I've got to change it almost every time. How sick would that be? And it must exist, right? Where it's like, I step in and it knows it's me. And it's like those, <laughs> like, don't they have that in car, um, yeah, some absolutely. cars, right? It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, mean, that's yeah. beautiful. Why don't we have that for showers? Smart shower. Yeah. yeah. Smart yeah. shower, yeah, it's gotta exist. Mm-hmm. That's the ultimate luxury. Go right, fund I'm... me a second shower for okay, your master yeah. bath. Full, full on second shower. So you have her, her his, and her showers. You just oh, walk wow. into your own, your own shower. Mm, should I? I'll raise it in Bitcoin though, just to uh, <laughs> make Dinwiddie happy. All right, next one. This one comes from fan Sean Cruz on Instagram. Up or down on LeBron growing out his beard, JD. Yeah, I'm way up on LeBron's beard. First of all, happy to see he's social distancing. It's always great to see a superstar setting a good example. Also, the beard looks good. It looks, Mm. I would say, great almost. He's just one of those guys that the longer the beard gets, the more intimidating he looks. I've seen seen some Kimbo Slice uh, um, comparisons. Um, so I think that would might help him on the court, although I doubt he'll keep the keep it when the bat when basketball starts up again. But uh, he may why wanna, do you say that? Well, I don't know because he's he's a very well kept, well groomed guy. So it seems unlikely that he would keep yeah. the beard. I don't know, but maybe I'm wrong. I think he should keep it because he looks badass. And um, so yeah, I'm up on LeBron's beard. Yeah, I agree. I think he looks, I don't know, like almost gentlemanly. He looks like such an intimidating older gentleman. Um, And it gives me a little hope, you know, because I do feel like LeBron looks older. So it's good to know that if I were to actually shave my old man face, maybe I would look like a young man again. But Mm -hmm. uh, it's really hard to tell. But LeBron is pulling it off. I've definitely uh, seen the Kimbo Slice comparisons as well. Also, a couple funny ones I saw were Kendrick Perkins and Delroy Lindo. (laughs) <laughs> All badass gentlemen. Uh, yeah. So I think LeBron's pulling it off. Uh, listen, I'm down on it. You know why? 
everyone's growing a quarantine beard right now. I want someone to swerve on the quarantine scruffiness and go the other way and completely mm. shave your head and completely shave your face. Be a trendsetter. Don't be a sheep. Be a leader. LeBron, we look to you to be the person who takes us on to these new challenges and these new parts. Rather than just growing your beard out, everyone's been doing that, bro. Everyone. And he's just trying to distract us from his uh, thinning hairline. So I'm Ooh. down big time on this. <laughs> Even though I've been growing out my own beard too because, you know, what the hell, why not? <laughs> <laughs> you're a sheep just like I'm a me. sheep yeah, I'm yeah. a sheep yeah uh, Tass gotta go up not only up top does he look great but down low he's pulling off tights with nothing else that's uh, not something you'd see from any basketball player I'd say in the history of basketball but all of his videos right now from what I'm seeing he's working out in these Nike Pro tights which I've also received from somewhere I never bought them but definitely got them in a, a comp bag and there's no freaking way I could pull that off. But his, uh, you know, his, his obviously waistline down to his ankles, everything is proportionate, everything looking good. Uh, I mean, it's oh my God. What the hell are you talking about? I mean, his quadriceps and his buttocks, everything looking good. LeBron looking great. And, and he's wearing a do rag. I mean, you can't even see his hairline, Lee. Yeah, but that's why he's trying to distract you. You know, he doesn't oh. want you looking up there. So, you know, <laughs> I'm just saying, man, I'm just saying, why can't, why doesn't someone say, look, quarantine, I'm shaving every day. I'm cutting my hair every day rather than everyone just boasting about how big their bushy beards are getting. <laughs> I, um, I, I don't know. Maybe I haven't looked close enough. I'm not seeing really any white hair in that beard at all. Yeah. I, see, that's, he's dying it then because we've seen it in the past. We've yeah. seen him up close in the past, so he's dying the beard. Yeah, man. Is he? Hey, you think he, so? Of course he is. Of course he is. We've oh, seen Grayson in the Just for Men. Oh, I don't yeah, know. Oh, absolutely is. Look at remember. Look, Vince in his last couple of seasons here, he let the greys fly. LeBron's thirty-five. It's all right, man. Have a few greys there. He's had, uh, you know, he's lived a pretty good life so far. The greys show that you're more in, uh, you're more secure. With your manhood, rather than being a little insecure about your Lee, don't uh, worry appearance. about it. He's proportional. <laughs> I'm telling you, you can be 35 and not have Grazley. He's. I know you can, yeah, but I've seen sure. Graze on him, so they don't go away. Once you get them, they don't just all of a sudden go back oh, to being no. They don't so, turn back. No, come on, Taz. You've been gray since you were about 15. You should know. So you've seen gray in his beard is what you're yeah, saying? Yes, of course we have. I remember that. Uh, I'm going to try to find a picture of okay, him right no, now. I, look, yeah, I mean, you sound actual. pretty adamant. Okay, okay, okay. I guess he's dying it. Anyway, it looks great and he's very proportional. Um, next one. In 2015, a 52-year-old Michael Jordan said he could beat his Hornets players one-on-one. Well, Miles Bridges... Uh, I guess he just learned this quote or heard this quote, and he's finally ready for that matchup. He tweeted over the weekend, let's get it then. Up or down on Miles Bridges challenging MJ to one-on-one. I am up for sure on this. Miles Bridges is, what, 22. Uh, Michael is 57. I know Michael's done this in the past with some um, some of his players that he's wanted to challenge them, and he's gone out and beaten them as well. So now, but now that he's 57, I mean, Miles Bridges, he grew up like he was probably four or five when Jordan retired the third time after the Wizards. So he wasn't ever around Jordan while he was, you know, a great player. And now I just think he looks at him and goes, you're 57, old man. Of course I could beat you. He's pretty athletic. He's pretty strong. And I also want to see if Jordan has still got it. Because if Jordan can still beat Miles Bridges, then 
Jordan may as well come back and play in the NBA for a while. Why not? Oh, Why not? Everybody knows Seriously. that's the final test. If you can I mean, <laughs> like the if, rising if, stars MVP. Exactly. If a, if, if a 22-year-old guy in the NBA is challenging you to a game and you can still go out and beat him, then you may as well go and just rejoin the NBA. It'd be great. Imagine him playing uh, again, this time for the Charlotte Hornets. I, I think everyone would love to see it. So I am definitely up for this. I'm up. I think uh, Miles Bridges, at the very least, should keep challenging Michael Jordan because it might work. Back in November of 1999, Bulls rookie Corey Benjamin kept challenging Michael Jordan, a retired Michael Jordan, that he's like, I can take you, I can take you one-on-one. So Jordan flies from Atlanta to Chicago just to play Corey Benjamin one-on-one during a Bulls practice. He gets up 10-3 and eventually wins in a game 2-11. Corey Benjamin said it was a dream come true and the best one-on-one game of his life. Doesn't matter if you lose. Just keep talking. Eventually, Jordan won't be able to resist the temptation. And then you get to play one-on-one against Michael Jordan. Yeah, right. Okay, I see what you're saying. Even if you get smoked, at least you have that story. Oh, exactly Uh, right. So Bridges should do that. Which Yeah, but you should beat a 57-year-old guy. I don't care if it's Michael Jordan. You are a 22-year-old NBA player, but... The crazy part is this hypothetical that we even are like, hmm, could Miles Bridges beat him? That's amazing to me that we are even sort of legitimately contemplating who would win this game. It's a crazy age difference, but... Uh, you know, as we just saw with the last dance, Michael Jordan is Michael Jordan. There's no one else like him. He hasn't played competitive basketball in 15 years, and we still think he could beat a really young, good, talented player in the league. <laughs> Tass, what do you think? Up or down on this? Big ups. I think as long as Michael Jordan is owner, then Miles Bridges has a job for life with the Hornets. I, I don't care if they actually play, but as long as Michael, I, I think Michael will respect that Miles continues to go at him. He'll he'll give him a contract forever. <laughs> because because he likes that in a player he he wants that he he wants everybody around him to think that they're awesome so i think that's all that matters i mean you got to be a little a little hesitant if you are miles bridges i know i'm sure he's confident he could beat a 57 year old man at 101 but didn't jordan beat michael kidd gilchrist like mm. back in mm-hmm. uh, like the bobcats years i think right so 2013 ish mm-hmm. um he beat him. MJ beat MKG. Yes, he was a little younger at the time, but he's still an old guy. And uh, that, you know, I don't know. Is that the last time we talked about Michael Kidd Gilchrist? So uh, <laughs> and that says more about him than it is does MJ. So Bridges, just got to be careful with this, though. I love, yeah, I love the, 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 the will that he has to make this try and happen. <laughs> I like that he's also just found this quote years later. It was like, oh, I'm going to tweet about this. JD, where do you stand on this one? I guess I'm up on it. I feel like... I feel like Jordan wouldn't have a chance. I don't know. I think 57 is old and all those uh, cigars that he's been smoking and uh, tequila or whatever he was drinking. I don't know. But it is Jordan. So maybe they would be evenly matched. It might be close. Who knows? Sure. Uh, But but, okay, I'm up. I'm up. I want to see this. I want to see Yeah. I mean, look, let's make it. um, Let's make it an event. I know Tom Haberstrow had a great article on the uh, on the potential of one-on-one matchups and some that we haven't seen in the past. There was obviously way back in the day going to be a, a Jordan versus Magic one, and then there was the Taco Bell, Akeem versus Shaq one. <laughs> and, like, you know, it's a really fun article to read. And, like, the idea of, like, if there was no basketball, could we do one-on-one things? Well, let's do this for charity, MJ versus Mile Bridges. Let's make it happen. Let's hear from you guys, though. All right, we got a lot more up-down topics to throw some thumbs on, but first, a quick word from our sponsors. <laughs> Guys, I was on the blacktux.com this morning, just browsing, you know, checking out the latest trends in men's formal wear. 
I clicked on complete outfit section and I noticed they organize each of their looks into vibes. You got your classic, <laughs> you got yeah. your romantic, bold, and beachy. Beachy! <laughs> I wish the black tux was around when I got married. As I've mentioned before, back in 2002, I bought my tux like an idiot. We got married on a beach in Mexico, and I sweat through the damn thing. I am soaking wet in our wedding pictures. I look like I just walked fully clothed out of the ocean and got married on a beautiful Oaxaca beach at sunset. Like a merman. Exactly. With the black tux, I could have gotten a lighter color. Tan gray or even light blue i would have literally been cooler oh well next wedding and the black tux has easy online ordering process that brings your suit or tuxedo straight to you just pick a style at theblacktux.com request a free home try-on so you can feel the fit and quality before you commit we are living in the future enjoy it people if you want your wedding to be remembered for the right reasons, order your suit or tuxedo at theblacktux.com and enjoy 10% off with the code DUNKS, D-U-N-K-S. That's theblacktux.com, code DUNKS, for 10% off your purchase. The Black Tux, formal wear for the moment. Did you know that people on average have to wait around 29 days to see a doctor in major U.S. cities? That's basically a month. Heck, that was a month. February 2020, leap year, never forget. And if you're dealing with a condition like erectile dysfunction, you want treatment ASAP. That's why our friends at Roman have spent years building a digital platform that could connect you with a doctor licensed in your state, all from the comfort of your home. Roman makes it convenient to get the treatment you need on your schedule. Just grab your phone or computer, complete a free online visit, and you'll hear back from a US licensed physician within 24 hours. And if the doctor decides the treatment is right for you, Roman's Pharmacy can ship your medication to you with free two-day shipping. You also get free unlimited follow-ups with your doctor anytime you have questions or want to adjust your treatment plan. With Roman, there are no commitments and you can cancel anytime. So if you're struggling with ED, go to getroman.com slash nodunks for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's getroman.com slash nodunks for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. All right, back into it here. Next one, if NBA games resume this season, we all know there will be no live fans in attendance. That may even go into next season. However, there could be virtual fans. According to reports, all of the big sports broadcasters have experimented with the idea of using virtual reality to enhance the at-home viewing experience by superimposing realistic looking fans onto screens this is wild Tass, we'll start with you here on this one up or down on the idea of virtual fans wow this is complicated stuff now i'm up for trying it but i think it has to come come with piping in some fan noise Mm. because i think if you just see virtual fans in the background i think you're just drawing attention to the fact that there's nobody there and you're just you'll just be looking at these fans and and, and the fact that it'll be silent in the arena will be really really strange i, I don't imagine I, I don't know i don't know if they're going to be packed the, the arena will be packed with virtual fans i have no idea what the idea is there but uh, the buck cmo dustin godsey also said that they're experimenting with piping in fan noise which i i'm a fan of i, I think that's it's, it's really really hard and what i mean yeah. by pumping in fan noise is 
are they going to be cheering at the right time? You kind of have this hum of fans, and, <laughs> yeah. and are you just going to, is the audio coordinator here just going to raise the volume when the home team scores and turn off the volume when they're, his, the home team is at the free throw line? <laughs> um, and so that could be a problem. Maybe, you know, we were in Toronto for game five of the NBA Finals. Kevin Durant turns it over, tears his Achilles. The fans went wild. Yeah, you turn it up for that because it was a turnover but also KD is injured on the ground and so Toronto fans got destroyed for that I could see the NBA world getting really really mad at uh, the NBA for turning it up or turning it down at the wrong time (laughs) but I also I think I think you give it a shot I I think um, I I think it's just going to be really strange not watching an NBA game without fans behind without the fan noise and we're seeing it all over the world but I think I think you'd give it a shot, but I think if you throw in virtual fans, you got to throw in the noise because I don't really want to see some stick figure thing, you know, two D image <laughs> behind these guys. It doesn't make sense to me. In South Korea over the weekend, uh, one team put some um, like dolls in the crowd and dressed them in the sort of sports colors, but uh, they actually got that wrong because apparently it upset some fans because they were using sex dolls. So um, I'm not sure if that's a that's yeah, the an avenue. Proportions are all off now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I mean, they're dressed in the football colours, so I don't know how people knew. But uh, they, they took offence. Well, to I have an idea. <laughs> I have an idea how they knew. <laughs> they said uh, in defence, they said um, that these weren't sex dolls, but they did. They did admit. They did admit they came from a supplier that produces sex toys. So uh, <laughs> this is a bit of in a. Our we did not have sex with them. So are they actually a sex doll if yeah. you don't have sex with them? There's something maybe maybe the giveaway was that some of the fans watching online also noticed that some of the dolls were advertising X-rated websites. <laughs> maybe. maybe. So, so what do you think about virtual fans, though? Uh, Would you have sex with a virtual fan is what I'm asking you. I, I don't think you can, but... Um... <laughs> Sure you can. <laughs> what do you think yeah. strip clubs are doing around the world? Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I think you know we don't. We know there's no fans there, so let's just get used to this new style rather than try to fake those fans there. I think that's even worse because it's like, hey, pretend there are fans. We'll see if we can recreate the noise. We don't like that, so no, just just listen. It's a crazy time. Let's just play the games as best we can. Trey, what do you think? Uh, I'm actually up on it. I think uh, when the NBA was talking about returning about a week ago when we did our news podcast, one of the things mentioned was that the league was looking for other interactive ways to get fans engaged, and I think that this could be it. You submit a video of yourself in front of a green screen or in front of front of something that's blank you know you're just going wild and then you, you know the pacers choose their 55 best submissions they put them somewhere on the broadcast then you have a reason to be watching the broadcast besides the basketball game and yeah i mean it'll definitely be weird but everything's going to be weird i also think it will be weird if somebody hits an nba championship winning buzzer beater in game seven of the finals and there's zero cheering and there's zero fans so i'd rather have some fakeness up in there uh it could be something interesting that we kind of get used to in the future yeah, it's exactly why I'm up to what you said. I think you, I'd go one step further than what you were saying. Make this um, this idea of like a fan being able to create themselves, like you just did, Trey, with all of us in 2K, right? You're a, mm-hmm. follow Trey on Twitter. He's, a, he's simulating a whole season. He's got all of us on the roster. JD got injured early, but I, th- I think he's back. I tweaked my ankle. I'm out <laughs> six to eight weeks, but you guys are holding it down. Uh, what are we, sixth right now in the in the Eastern Conference? Something like that. 
Um, but have have fans or celebrities even whatever basically raise money right for healthcare workers or something like that you know like you have to hit a certain uh goal fundraiser and uh then you could be virtually created and then there you are sitting courtside or wherever in the first couple of rows of these basketball games i do that that's awesome um and again you can raise some money in the process and you're, you're right trade people would tune in to just see themselves so it'd be pretty funny and it'd be cool if celebrities are like easter eggs in the crowd too sure. you know like you're like oh was that who i think it was i mean tass is the pro already at pausing the game <laughs> to see who's in the stands like real people imagine we could do this with virtual fans it could be anybody tass hey where's wally you know like uh or waldo um so yeah i'm up jd what do you think I'm down. I think that uh, I do like the idea of raising money and and having the fans be involved, but I don't like the idea that you're just filming yourself and then they can make you react to whatever it is that they want you to react to. You know what I mean? Well, are you saying they could they could make me have sex with a with a, with a doll? <laughs> they can make virtually? you do anything. <laughs> but it seems it seems overly complicated and 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 expensive. To be honest, and if they want to do like have the fans involved, if you're the Pacers, pick ten families who are Pacers fans and and send them cameras, and then the director can cut to them oh, reacting no. to shots in their houses, like we saw with uh, with Tony winning the million, the two million dollars. You know, <laughs> oh, like God, uh, that was horrible. I don't want to see that. Well, it's better than fake people in the stands. I mean, we, we've gotten used to watching late night talk shows with no audience and, and watching most of the shows are, that are still in production are Zoom meetings or whatever. I mean, we're used to it. We're going to be fine with seeing an empty arena. So, and it'll just make it that much sweeter when the crowd does return. So I, I'm down on it. We okay. got a, actually an interesting email from Alec Hill. He suggested, what if the NBA encouraged the eliminated teams or in a playoff format here, to stay and fill the stands once they were done. Mm. As a TV watcher, we would get to see the stands fill slowly with the losing teams like a high school tournament. It would drive mm. a lot of content, and players would be ooing and eyeing and booing. Um, <laughs> and uh, I thought that was interesting. I mean, it's not a lot of players if you were, we want to get into the nitty-gritty. I don't know if they'd want to stay like it's a, a tribal council. Uh, but um, <laughs> there'd be a few people. You put them right behind the bench. There'd definitely be some heckling going on. That's a good idea. All right, next one. Celtic center Ennis Cantor told the Athletics NBA insider Sham Sharanya that he has been offered a WWE deal and he plans to accept it after his basketball career. Guys, up or down on Cantor already signing a WWE contract <laughs> and, you know, eventually, I guess, becoming a wrestler. Up or down? I'm up on it. Um, he, throughout his career, he's done a great job of ingratiating himself to fans. And then whenever he leaves that place, the fans turn on him immediately. He's just got such a great uh, <laughs> a chemistry. I don't know. What, for whatever reason, he has charisma with the fans, both good and bad. He's agile for a big guy. So to me, he could be like a Kevin Nash diesel kind of character. Okay. But why wait until you're done with your career? You're 27 already. Going to be 28 tomorrow. You've made almost $100 million in your career when you watch Ennis Cantor in this clip where he, he wins the 24-7 championship from R-Truth, he's got no mic skills. He's got no wrestling skills. If you're planning on being a professional wrestler, you got to start practicing. I don't think people are going to be as excited that Ennis Cantor goes into the WWE when he's done with his career, when he's a 37, 38-year-old man. If you get him in now the prime of his athletic prime, maybe he could uh, make a run at a real championship. 
Okay. He's also got a uh, built-in nickname ready to go. It's the uh, Australian sweet called the Turkish Delight. I think that would be fantastic for him. And, uh, you know, I think he would be a great villain. I think people would love to hate him and he would yeah. love to to earn that uh, from the crowd. So uh, I think uh, I think this is a great move for Ennis and uh, Ennis and... Um, yeah, why wait? Why wait, man? Hey, if you get a good contract and it pays you more than your NBA salary, go out there and become a world superstar like that in the uh, WWE. I think it'd be great for him. Taz? Don't try and claim the Turkish delight yeah, like it's Australian say, there, Lee. Isn't it? Where's that uh, from, then? It's from you know, the Ottoman Turkey. Empire? Nah, nah, no, but, uh, no, but I'm saying there's an, actual, there's an actual candy bar in Australia, the Turkish delight. That's the Turkish delight surrounded by chocolate. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's Australian. Maybe that, maybe that version. Everybody's got one. We've got one in yeah. Greece, but I'm not going to say it's the Greek delight. It's the Turkish delight. They, they sell it. Everybody's got it. Even in North America, they have to have one somewhere here. Um, yeah, you know, the Greek one's jelly. Just yeah. like LeBron James. Oh, the Canada, the big Turk chocolate bar. Yeah. Oh, really uh, they all Turkish stole delight. it. They all stole it from Armenia anyway. I, I, <laughs> wow, this is crazy stuff. Okay, uh, I don't care about Ennis Cantor. Do not care. I'm either front row at a WWE event or I don't care. Call me a WWE elitist. It's either I'm sitting there at the front or I don't give a flying poop if Ennis Cantor is going to win a, a belt 10 years from now or whatever the heck he's doing. Uh, we should be able to bet, though, right now on the first WWE superstar to call Ennis Cantor, penis Cantor, because that's gonna be written into the script. You know that's gonna be like an insult thrown his way to uh, anger the big man. But uh, is that Val Venus's music? Yeah, that's right. That's right. He comes out in a towel, penis Cantor. Um, I'm up on this though because look, the first thing about being a successful or at least enjoyable wrestler in one of these, well, in the WWE, because the only one really. Well, I was gonna say it's the only one left. That's not true. There are other ones, but is uh, you got to want to do it. And this is a good step. He wants to do this. I mean, he's already talking about it, for crying out loud. He's already talking about signing a damn contract for the future. So that's good. Got to want it. And, uh, yeah, he's a big dude. He'll look cool. What is he, 6'10"? He's a giant guy. Yeah. I mean, that's, he's going he's to look pretty impressive in that ring. So I'm ultimately up on it, but I hear what you're saying, Trey. Get started now because you got to work on your skills in the ring, on the mic, and all that. Otherwise... You'll be cool for a week or two to wrestling fans, and then they're not going to care if you're garbage. So get started on it now. Yeah, and basketball fans, because like like Tass is saying, you might not be the biggest Ennis Cantor fan, but you're going to be more excited if he leaves for the WWE while he's still a current player, not like, you know, as a, as a yeah. victory lap after his career is over. Yeah, 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 for sure. All right, next one. Really simple, quite possibly tasty. It's from at AO It's Dad, <laughs> which might be Steve Kirby on Twitter. Um, up or down on spicy ketchup? Mm. Yeah, JD, why don't you get started? Down. Way down. Okay. Ketchup is perfect. It's fine the way it is. If you want to add some spice to your ketchup, you just add some hot, cho- hot sauce, you know, get some Tabasco or Cholula in there. Um,. But, well, yeah, but this is saying why not? Why not just buy it in yeah, the package? You know? No, it's just like it, it reeks of, of mayo chip or whatever, ketchup mayo or whatever. It's just a it's a gimmicky 
ploy and I, I don't like it. And I live with my wife and my oldest son. They are condiment fiends and they are constantly, <laughs> whenever they have pizza, they'll get out the ranch and they'll get out the sriracha and mix oh. it together Whoa. and wow. dip, it, dip it in. And that's what, you, that's what you need to do. You, you just can't mess with, with ketchup, especially Heinz. Sorry, French's. It's, it's the perfect <laughs> combination of sweet and tangy and uh, tomato and vinegar it's just it's it's perfection for fries and stuff like that and uh yeah so i'm down just don't mess with ketchup yeah i'm with you um i would never buy a spicy ketchup despite the fact that i think i prefer a spicy ketchup i would rather have two sauces that i can custom make at any times there's only a few places where i'm actually going to be using ketchup grilled cheese for sure a burger, maybe, fries, maybe. They're all improved with spice, but I want to choose the level, and I don't want to go into my fridge and think, all right, finally, I'm going to have some fries, just need a little bit of ketchup here, and all I've got is spicy ketchup. I would rather be able to, to go either way with it. Okay. Yeah. Also, it, you, you, it could ruin ketchup for you because this is a, this is a gimmick, right? It, and it's going to go <laughs> away. So say you, get, you start eating that sriracha ketchup and then it just goes away and then you're done. You can't go back to ketchup. It's like going from a mild mint gum to a, 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 a peppermint, like a strong winter mint. There's no going back. You can't go back to the regular mint spearmint get out of here <laughs> yeah. I, I wanted to go up on this but uh, I just couldn't talk myself into it because yesterday for lunch I had meat pies from the Australian bakery with ketchup and I was oh, thinking they're from, uh, those are from Turkey <laughs> <laughs> and I kept thinking to myself because spicy stuff you know if you spice things up usually it makes them better right but in this yeah. case I'm thinking uh, spicy ketchup on the meat pie just wouldn't work so yeah um, unfortunately you have to keep your spice separate from your ketchup um, and if you yeah, add some Tabasco if you want it, if that's your dig, if that's your if that's your uh, area, go for it. But um, yeah, keep them away from each other for now. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to think. Keep them away from each other. I'm trying to I'm trying to think of a, of a situation where Maybe a spicy in five ketchup years. would work. Yeah. Maybe in yeah. five Let's years we'll it. come back right. to it. Right? Why don't we Why don't we all agree? Add spice to everything with ketchup for the next two years, and then if we feel that we've reached a point where it's like, all right, let's just make it easier for everyone and make it well, spicy well, ketchup. Well, that's why we're asking this question. I mean, I, I shared a link with you guys so you could see this. I mean, JD was a little confused by this question yeah, in was. the Updown report, but there's a a Heinz um, spicy ketchup lovers variety pack you can buy on Amazon. Uh, it's got very high ratings, four and a half stars. Um, it's there's a sriracha, there's a jalapeno, and then there's a hot and spicy ketchup. So these are the three ketchups, Lee. So they're already doing this, and people, I guess, are buying this and liking this. Tass, what mm. do you think? I, people are going to like it, for sure. Uh, yeah. They're not going to like that it's filling their fridge with a bunch of extra bottles. Oh, there's, there's good no, point. There's no real point. It's simple. You throw some mayo in a little bowl... Put a little Frank's Red Hot, and you're good. Or you know, put it on your put your Frank's Red Hot in a, in a ketchup. Yeah, just just mix it up. It feels like you're cooking, uh, and uh, you can dip whatever in that. You're good. I, I don't. I don't it, it's just going to be one of those condiments that sits there, uh, like your our friend Ken, who's got condiments from 1946 <laughs> since the Ottoman Empire existed in his life. Uh, no, thank you. Is this the original <laughs> Turkish condiment that you have here in your fridge? Uh, yeah, that's a good point. I hadn't thought about that. You are going to be taking up a lot of space in your fridge when you start getting into these uh, specialty ketchups. Look, I'm a huge ketchup guy. Um, obviously, when we're talking grilled cheese sandwiches, I like them on eggs, too. Uh, but recently, 
I've like I'm on a I'm on this weird um, sweet baby Ray's barbecue kick. Oh yeah. And you know what I'm talking about, JD? Oh you yeah. This? this barbecue is amazing, and it's starting to like it's start, I'm starting to use it instead of ketchup. Because I'm liking it more. Trey, you'll love, you'll love to know this. It was developed in the early 80s by Chicago brothers Dave and Larry Raymond. Oh, Sweet Baby Ray's is famous in Chicago. Yeah, yeah. It, it, uh, they named the sauce after a nickname Dave had earned as a basketball player, too. So it's got a little basketball tie-in. Maybe that's why I love it so much. But uh, I'm all in on Sweet Baby Ray's. It's, uh, I can't believe I'm going to say this. It's starting to eclipse ketchup for me. I, I, it's, it is Good it is really good. Highly recommended. Okay. You know what that's... they say about sweet baby Ray's skeets? No. The sauce is the boss. Oh, that's what they say. <laughs> they say it on the bottle. I knew that. Oh yeah. Oh, oh sh- yeah, they do. I should have known that. All right, couple more here. Nearly two decades later, Vince Carter says he wouldn't change a thing about his decision to attend his graduation ceremony at North Carolina on the morning of what was then the most important game in Raptors history, game seven of the 2001 Eastern Conference semifinals. It was a taxing day for me, but I was able to accomplish both goals, Carter told graduates of historical black colleges and universities in an an address posted by the Hawks on Sunday. And I would do it again if I had to, said Vince. So, up or down on Vince saying he would redo that graduation decision. Tass, why don't you get started as a Raps fan here? That's a tough one as a Raps fan. They did lose that game, did they not? Mm -hmm. But I don't care. You got to go up on this one. This is the ultimate write the story when the ball is in the air situation. (laughs) It's game seven, round two. Vince gets the ball inbounded to him while he's wearing that oversized headband. Not a good proportion for his head. (laughs) And uh, he goes a little bit long on that shot. But if it goes in, hey, the the guy values education and he's good at basketball. But obviously, it was just a touch long. Tyrone Hill did enough with those long fingernails just to distract that shot a touch. Uh, if it was Tyrone Hill, I don't know. Anyway, uh, you got to you just got to go up. It's it's not about the flight. It's about him valuing education, and that's that's just the way it is. That's totally fine with me. Lee, yeah, it's the same reason there. What Tass is saying. I mean, that shot goes in, and then it's like, well, what a great decision it was for Vince anywhere to go and uh, go and graduate on that same day. It's not. It's a non-story in that respect. So. Uh, yeah, I think uh, Vince really showed that uh, education is important. I mean, the timing was, uh, wasn't was great for it, but he, he made his decision. And uh, I like the fact that he's held firm to it, even though, you know, obviously the Raptors did lose that game and that series in the end. But uh, that wasn't the reason that he went to, you know, he didn't go that, that they didn't lose because he went on that plane right that day. They lost because he missed the shot. But people say, I mean, not me, but people say, well, that yeah. is a part of the reason that he didn't play well in the game because he was fatigued, let's say, because it's a long day and he's on these planes and blah, 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 blah. I should have been, you know, resting and doing what he would normally do to get ready for a game. That's the argument. That's why people are like, oh, he only shot six of 18. He only had 20 points. Yeah, he played all 48 minutes, but he missed the buzzer beater, blah, blah, blah. I know, I'm with you, but they are saying that, that he, you know, that he actually hurt, I guess, his team's chances because he wanted to go to his graduation and that's his decision. I'm up with you guys, but Trey... Yeah, I'm up as well. I, I went back and watched the highlights from this, and, you know, it seems that the main criticisms of Vince, even during this game, are that he's not taking over. And that's certainly true. Like you're saying, Skeets, yeah. 20 points, 9 assists. He shot yeah. 6 of 18. It was a good game, but he had a 50-point game in that same series. So uh, I think it's easy to say, yeah, he's not trying as hard. But 
when you're watching, you can tell that the intensity is lacking. You can tell that he's slacking a little bit on defense. There's not a lot of attention to detail. Like, he's flopping in the last couple of minutes of the game. He gets back cut by Aaron McKee at one point. But I think that as Vince's career turned, as Vince's career progressed, right, this was only his third season, we kind of found out that the intensity stuff and maybe the attention to detail had nothing to do with graduating. And that's just kind of the way that Vince is. You know, he was back Mm. in Philadelphia at noon for a 5.30 tip. Doesn't seem too crazy. He flew on Saturday night to get there. He only took one flight, an hour and a half that day. I don't really think that flying is the reason that the Raptors lost that game. Um, You know, what was Allen Iverson doing Saturday night and Sunday morning? Was he better behaved than Vince Carter was? I don't know. (laughs) That's a great point because Iverson, I just looked it up. Yeah, he played the whole game too. Kudos to him. He shot worse than Vince. I mean, he shot 8 for 27. He had a lot of assists. He had 16 assists. That's incredible. But he only had 21 points too. So very similar to Vince really in terms of the stat line. But yeah, he didn't have a flight and he played... uh, you know, just as poorly, if you want to call it that, in a in a tight uh, defensive oriented game seven. So, JD, do you have an opinion on this one? I'm I'm up. Obviously, uh, you only graduate once, and he may he did make it to the game. So, you know, right. education is important. Right, right. Uh, to me, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Different story if like a flight's delayed or something like that. Can you imagine that? And he's like, can't get there in time for the first half or something like that. I don't know. Wild. Yeah, All right. Well, he, f- he flew the team jet. So yeah, yeah. So that wasn't going to be a problem. Unless there was weather, yeah. Yeah. Final one. This one comes from another No Dunks fan on Instagram. J underscore picks. Wants to know, up or down on chewing gum in game? Now, I think this is being asked because we saw some highlights, right, from... Uh, the Chicago Bulls and other teams there in the in the last dance, some chewing on that gum, chomping mm. on the gum. Lee, what do you think? Chewing gum while you're playing basketball. As long as you chew politely with your mouth closed, it's not too bad. <laughs> but when you're slopping away like a llama out there, it's pretty disgusting to look at. Now, mm. I know guys do it, you know, it's a habit. Some of them do it and people still do it now. But there's no need to slap your mouth open, and, uh, you know, your lips up and down like that. Just chew politely. And no one will have a problem with it. So, but it's, it, it, look, it's a little bit dangerous, to be honest. You know, if you swallow yeah. it, it's not great. So I, I don't encourage it. But if you must do it, then just do it with manners. <laughs> okay, okay. We've definitely talked about this before now that I asked that question. It just rang a bell. But uh, Tass, what do you think? Well, you know what I don't appreciate? Any chewing of gum during the national anthem. Now, I would definitely be guilty of it, too. I'm popping in gum. I think I can go both ways, JD. I can go spearmint. I can go heavy on a winter mint, no problem. I'm probably smacking away like I'm, you know, sucking in, sucking in air like a Dyson. Um, but uh, I don't like seeing it during the national anthem. Respect the flag. Keep it on a minimum. Uh, keep the chewing to a minimum, would you? I saw, I saw Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr actually, uh, you know, I think it was, I don't know, one of the finals in episodes nine or ten of The Last Dance. He was smacking away, young, young Stevie. And uh, not a fan. And he was also um, waddling back and forth during the National Anthem. Stand up straight. Don't you dare move. Lee Ellis is rubbing off on me here. Just just play by the rules, man. <laughs> or else you're going to swallow your gum and stick in your gut for seven years. <laughs> All right. Uh, JD, what do you think? Uh, I'm down on it. You shouldn't be chewing gum while you're uh, playing basketball or doing any sort of physical activity. It's a choking hazard. Come on. As a dad, I can't allow that. I, I can't. I can't abide it. All right, Trey. 
Yeah, I'm down too, but mostly because I could never pull it off. You know, I would try and play games with a gum in my mouth because Michael Jordan did. And I just felt like I was concentrating on chewing the entire time rather than playing basketball. <laughs> it's like, I can walk and chew gum, no problem, but play basketball and chew gum? That's a step too far. I guess that's why he's the greatest. And, you know, I just talk about basketball. Yeah, I'll go down because I also used to chew gum while I played ball at times. And the, the reason I'm down is... I, I can't remember a time where I would make it to the end of the game and I was still actually chewing the gum. You guys are right. You accidentally swallow it, so that happens. Or, I think more times than you even swallowing it, it just falls out of your mouth. Yeah. And then you got gum on the damn court, and then you got to clean that up, and that's gross. And uh, You shouldn't be doing that, especially in today's time. So, uh, I'm down. I'm down. So, uh, thanks for that one. J underscore picks. All right, that's it. That's fun. The up-down report. Nice to have that back in our life. Maybe we'll make this a staple. And if we do so, then we need your up or down questions, both NBA and non-NBA related. Email them in, nodunksattheathletic.com, or better yet, with up down, because they're usually quick, just tweet them at us, at nodunksinc, at nodunksinc. New beach stepping tomorrow, so get those cues and those comments in now, nodunksattheathletic.com, get your emails in. Should be fun. Clipper bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And uh, this is more of a question. Lee has been barbecuing some ribs that he bought on the side of the street um, during during the quarantine. But if I do remember correctly, you're going dry, right, Lee? No, no sauce? No sauce, yeah. I'm just going a little bit of olive oil, salt, and pepper and letting the ribs do the talking with the flavor, you know? <laughs> totally. I'm with you. But would you be willing to try some sweet baby rays yes. from Skeet's fridge and throw it on IG Live? You guys talking sweet baby rays and sweet baby ribs from the street. <laughs> street baby ribs? Yeah. <laughs> we got to make that happen. Yeah, I, like that as the, I like that as the quote, though. Let the ribs do the talking. Yeah, man. <laughs> Embrace the day, people. You could stay.